Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Jeff Brazier Only Human, my straight talking podcast where we can talk and ask questions about what's working in our lives and what we're finding difficult. As a trained life coach and author of The Grief Survival Guide, I believe open and honest discussion is vital to our future happiness and mental health. So this podcast is all about doing that, honestly sharing what we're finding tough and sharing advice and tips on the things that are helping. Removing the pressures we put on ourselves and acknowledging that we're only human. So let's take every day, one step at a time. Well, at the start of this week, I thought, I'm going to do a podcast episode on values. And then I realised, oh, no, no, I'm going to have to do grief because it is Mother's Day. I'm recording this on Mother's Day. It's a day that doesn't go unnoticed in in our own family. And I know that it's a day that, that won't go unnoticed for many. I mean, for most, it's a great day. It's like, you know, getting some recognition, some flowers, some chocolates, some burnt toast in the morning um, that that makes you feel like everything that you do for everybody is appreciated and valid. And then obviously there's everybody else. And in that, I include the mums who have lost mums and actually feel guilty for the fact that they should be putting on a brave face for everybody um, that wants to spoil them whilst actually inside they're in bits because they feel the agony of loss for the fact that they haven't got that person still with them to spoil themselves. Then, of course, there are mums who have lost children at any stage. That sense of being spoilt by that one individual, that child, whatever age they would be, was denied them. So, you know, actually, it's a, it's a bit of both, isn't it? It's um, everything is always a balance. Uh, today is a great day for some. It's a, a, an agonising day for others. And it's a bit of both for most. So that is why today we are going to tackle uh, grief. We're going to tackle not just uh, grief in relation to those special occasions, because obviously I'm recording this on Mother's Day. Um, so that's why you might catch me in a certain tone, I think. Um, it's a, a subject that doesn't get covered enough. It's a subject that we typically will avoid at all costs. Um, I don't want to avoid it. Um, so by listening to this, you're going to hopefully take on board some perspective that will enable you to navigate either your way through grief, if that's what you're experiencing, or it might give you a few little tips as to how you might cope in certain situations, whether it's supporting others, whether it's how to deal with a special occasion on the next occasion, because you don't feel maybe mothering Sunday went particularly well for you. There's lots of ways and uh, means that we can always improve everything. And that's what this podcast is about. So Emma, let's, let's take some questions and hope that it enables us to cover a lot of ground on the subject. And again, listening to this will be some takeaways that you might be able to, to use to good effect. This first question is from a sister who remains anonymous. She says, hi, Jeff. My sister-in-law died three weeks ago, just age 31. Her four-year-old son has gone to live with his dad. He's doing okay. Um, He has his moments where he gets upset. He asks questions about when will mummy come back. After speaking to dad, he wanted to ignore Mother's Day, but I thought they should still celebrate it and get mummy a tree and put the card there to go for a walk. Any suggestions on how to navigate these special days for the first time and moving forward? 
Yeah, whether it's first time, second, fifth, um, I know that it doesn't necessarily always get easier for people. It depends, you know, Kubla Ross wrote about in the 70s, uh, the stages of grief, and, and it's not one straight line like the central line if we're thinking of the underground, it's more something that um that zigzags and sometimes goes backwards and forwards and then backwards again so um wherever everybody is in terms of their own grief development that's where you're meant to be uh, typically um there's the natural measure of grief which is what we're meant to go through um which is going to be our natural reaction to the absence of someone that means so much to us and that played a pivotal role in our life. Um, and then there is the, the the little things that we additionally add on to that. An example of which is what I think your brother was suggesting in terms of let's, let's ignore Mother's Day. But one of the things that makes grief harder that we actually proactively impose ourselves, um, sometimes unwittingly, is the avoidance of it all. And, oh, it's difficult, so let's not deal with it. Um, that prolongs the agony. Um, that will make your journey through grief harder. Um, so what we need to do is is be as courageous as we can in really sort of standing up and saying, it's the reality. This is how it's meant to feel. Of course, it's going to feel agonizing um, any day of the week, but but especially on these days where it's really rubbed in our faces that we've lost something or someone um, that we would rather was here today. Any avoidance, any denial, uh, it's understandable. Um, in the early stages, you know, um, you absolutely give everybody the, the right to, um, to, to let their, their fight or flight reflex take over, really, which is, you know, I'm going to focus on the, on the funeral. And then when the funeral happens, I think a lot of people will, um, will attest to the fact that they're, they're then left with nothing to distract themselves and therefore the reality sinks in. But before that, you know, we're, we're able to distract ourselves. Some people can do it for, for upwards of 10 years. Um, and that's what it is. Grief is a game of processing. Um, and we're either going to make that easier for ourselves by, by allowing what's natural to, to, to come in, even when it's undesirable and ugly and unwanted and hurts you know, and that doesn't always feel natural to us, does it? To allow ourselves to feel hurt. Usually we'll do whatever we can to avoid it. In grief, we really do need to expose ourselves to the reality and the truth. You don't have to make people have conversations, but you absolutely um, give them the space to be able to talk, um, to be able to share, to be able to offload, to be able to explore. Um, and even if there's tears, it doesn't mean as a parent um, that you're failing. What it means is that actually you are enabling the expression of, of natural emotion. Imagine in grief, we've all got a big um, pressure cylinder inside us. And if we're not expressing anything, then that builds up and usually it will spill over in other ways, such as behavior. If we're talking about kids, it might be anger, you know, imagining like a punch bag and, and someone just sort of, you know, using other people or using other means to exert that that sense of loss um, that they're not verbalizing and they're not actually rationalizing. Um, if we don't let some some pressure off every now and again, then obviously that's going to take us you know, dangerously close to things that might affect our life in a really negative way, relationships, um, jobs, um, school life, um, you know, everything really. Um, so the price to pay for not expressing is huge. Um, 
you don't get away with it. You don't outrun grief. Um, it is always going to catch up with you and will always be there to tap you on the shoulder and just remind you gently that this is who you've lost. And of course, the problem with Mothering Sunday is that it's uh, it's it's there. It's in front of you. It's It's absolutely everywhere. But then... Is it good that it actually promotes us having this conversation? Because otherwise, maybe you'd be suppressing. So um, let's just maybe welcome that and, and be grateful that we're having this discussion because it will help us feel better in the long run. We're a growing community. So if you have any advice or solutions, perhaps ways that you've navigated your own loss, ways that you've coped with special occasions and advice that you've got for others on how you might go about supporting in the best way possible, let me know and I'll share them in next week's podcast. The email is Jeff jwf at onlyhumanpod.com. This is from Christina. Hi, Jeff. My older brother passed away in July, so this will be my mum's first Mother's Day without him. How do I make this day and other days in the future more bearable for her? You've put a lot of pressure on yourself there. The reason I say that is because you're asking how do I make the day bearable. I'm not sure you control that. Um, when someone has, has lost someone, um, what is bearable and what isn't is is hardly under their control, um, let alone it being something that we can manage. Um, I think the way that we can make things easier on ourselves is to really prioritise the, the loss. And um, I know this has helped uh, me and I'll work this out maybe after one or two Christmases that if you don't acknowledge the loss, the person that isn't there anymore uh, at the at the very beginning of the day, then um, you're kind of playing a, a, a risky game, a bit of a Russian roulette really with, oh, you know, am I going to be able to go through the whole day without, without it feeling a certain way? Um, and you're desperately trying to keep people's spirits up and manage their emotions and you just can't none of us when supporting somebody else can do that um it's out of our it's out of our means um as i say the person who's going through the loss can't do that so uh, the best thing that we can do is just sort of start that conversation off and to um preempt the inevitable and to invite the emotion and it, you know for a lot of people it's like why would i want to do that because it's painful it hurts but that pain and, and hurt is just under the surface, really, that whole time. You know it is. You know that that these special occasions um, bring it to the surface. And, um, you know, to try and go through the day without without mentioning the person that you've lost is, uh, is a really difficult uh, balancing act. So the way that we would support is to take the pressure off ourselves, first and foremost. We are not uh, expected to help people manage their grief and their emotions during any such day. Um, but then also it's not about your words. There are no magic words that are going to make it feel better either. Be there to listen, be like a container, be there to create space for the person to be able to explore how they feel. Um, but as I say, if you're going to do anything and um, we're not talking about the practical things like making sure there's milk and bread for people, if it's, if it's a recent loss, uh, making sure there's some shopping in the fridge and the cupboards, you know. Um, then it's to just say, you know, why don't we go first thing in the morning to that special place or to wherever you want to go where we're going to talk about it, we're going to name it, we're going we're gonna to share fond memories. And you're encouraging that person ultimately to 
be in the reality of it, but knowing that you're not ruining the day, that actually what happens is you then grant a permission to be able to, oh, actually, I, I might be able to enjoy my lunch or, you know, I, I might be able to talk about other things and I didn't realise I would be. Um, but the truth is, is that, yeah, you've, you've got X amount of emotion um, and once you've expressed it, then actually, you know, there, it clears a space for other things. Be brave, be courageous and it will pay off. This question's from a male listener. He says, I'm now 29 years old and I lost my mum when I was 10. Even after all these years, I still can't talk about her without crying. I was wondering whether or not you have any sort of advice. A lot of the advice that I would give here are things that I've already spoken about, but um, something I want to touch on that's um, maybe more relevant to men, more of an issue for men than it maybe is for women who are typically more honest emotionally Strength in loss. This is one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, in grief as a whole. And that is that it, they, people feel like it is strong to have that stiff upper look, lip and be stoic and be like, you know, oh, they wouldn't want us to be upset, so I'm not going to get upset. Um, you know, that is a terrible pressure to put on ourselves. And, um, and actually, I think it's easier to do that than it is to do what's actually beneficial and that's the opposite, which is name how you feel and to share it. Sometimes it's not necessarily one that we choose, um, but we, you know we might emotionally uh, find it difficult to keep it in. And, and don't think that that's a bad thing because it really isn't. That is strength. You know, not to sound accusatory or critical, but weakness in loss is to avoid and to do everything you can to avoid the subject and avoid the tears. And actually people go beyond that and they actually start to rebuild their life in in a way that avoids any triggers or any mentions of the person that they've lost. And uh, that's incredibly restrictive and limiting uh, rather than for someone to do what's hardest and what comes even harder to us these days because of the way that society is and the pressures that we feel we have to conform to. But if you feel rubbish then please just allow yourself and be okay with the fact that you feel rubbish. If you feel shit, then you're meant to feel shit. That's how you're meant to feel. Just allow it and accept that that's what comes with losing somebody and that you can own it. You can sit in it. You can just be that. And that there's no pressure on you to smile or to come on, you know, be strong. I hate that term, actually. I've, I've come to actually detest the term. Now, come on, you've got to be strong. If anyone said that to me at a funeral, if I was crying, I, I would probably um, be quite upset with them. It's not strength to hold it together. Strength is to, is to actually let your emotion flow. I think the first Christmas after the boys lost their mum, I, I guess, you know, wanted to make the day as special as I could. So I made extra effort. There were maybe extra presents. There was extra food, extra sweets, extra cakes. Everything was extra. Uh, but what I was missing is the, the reality that you can't, you can't make that day special because the day becomes a, just a huge, massive slap in the face for anyone that's lost someone. And it is just a huge reminder that someone isn't there. 
so what I learned very quickly, you know, I'm sort of obviously seeing how that day went and realising that this doesn't take the pain away, this doesn't make it okay, it doesn't make it better. How could it? Material objects and food, like, are not going to go... <laughs> They're not, it's just, you know, it's just, why do we even try and attempt it? I suppose we do because we don't know better. But uh, the way to make anniversaries go better is to make sure that we recognise the person that we've lost uh, as, as early on as we can. Like us today, uh, we'll go and visit their mum's special place. It might be that we um, look at some pictures. I've started this early on on Sunday, so um, neither of my kids are, are up. Um so when I do wake them up, instead of sort of pretending to be happy and hoping that they're happy, I'm just going to give them the opportunity to, to I'm just going to ask them, how, how are you feeling? Um, and if they're ready to sort of to, to go into that, then they can. And if not, then they're not. I'm not forcing it on them. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's really important for them to know that I'm ready to listen. This day doesn't, there's no pressure on this day to be happy or to be completely devastating or anything in between it is allowed to be whatever it is going to become and what dictates that well them and and how they feel and it, it you know where they are within themselves and what they want to talk about and when so it's at the beginning of the day so for me it's been what 11 11 anniversaries this is the 12th this is the 12th mother's day you never really there's no pattern you don't know what you're going to get no two are ever the same really we used to release balloons until environmentalists uh, alluded to the fact that actually these uh, these balloons are damaging the the environment. So we sort of stopped doing the, the balloons, even though it felt very fitting at the time. But anyway, there's always a replacement. There's always a, a thing that you can do that ultimately is that gesture um, whereby you know you've done the right thing by that person that you've lost. You feel better. You feel like you've respected and also, again, you just get this sense of permission. Right, I can, I, I can feel okay now because I've done what I expect of myself and, and made sure that that person is part of our day. So if you have any advice or solutions, perhaps ways you've done this, the email is jeff, J-E-F-F, at onlyhumanpod.com. This one's from Jess. My best friend lost her mum 10 years ago and she's still, of course, deeply impacted by it. I would never, ever want to upset her, but with Mother's Day and birthdays and Easter and other anniversaries and celebrations coming up, what is the right thing to do with regards to posting on social media? This is a great point. Thank you so much for bringing it up because it's a very modern issue around the subject of grief, isn't it? What do I put on social media? My advice would be that we have to just accept the opposites in balance here. So whilst um, we might feel that we've been insensitive by posting Happy Mother's Day to our mum, uh, we have every right to do that and our mums have every right to be recognised, even though some people are having a really bad day. What I would also say, though, is that in balance, um, your next post could be in recognition of people that have lost their mums or mums that have lost their children or people that have struggled to conceive um, and and therefore we have a balance. I don't think people necessarily mind that. I don't think that people find it insensitive of people to wish their mums a, a happy Mother's Day on Mother's Day. Uh, far from it. Um, I think what they begrudge, and I'm not speaking for people of, of whom I, I can't relate to because I haven't had that experience, but um, 
what I would say is that you know they're 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 probably more begrudging of the the, the overwhelming cascade, if you like, of um, messages that they're seeing on their on their timeline. But I, I, we have to take some accountability for what we expose ourselves to. So if you are um, you are struggling with the the loss of of someone. Um, then social media might not necessarily be the best place for you on a special occasion. With regards to words, you know, away from social media, or if you want to send someone a message on social media to say thinking of you, I I don't think there are any rules um, as to what you can say. I think people just generally appreciate the fact that they are being thought of and considered and that their feelings are valid on, on this occasion. Um, so a lot of people don't send that message because they feel like they're going to get it wrong or that they're saying the wrong thing or that that person might not want to be reminded. Um, but actually I would always say, you know, if you've got a sentiment that you wish to, to share, um, then do, because actually that might be the message that comes at that particular moment that the person maybe might be feeling at their lowest and it might give them a lift it might make them feel considered and um and held by somebody and it might mean that actually they might call you afterwards because actually they're not feeling particularly great and they need to share it with someone and they're going to share it with you because you've just shown that you care so don't hesitate to send the message um don't worry too much about what is written um i think we can overthink it you know just thinking of you i know today must be difficult um, if you need to talk, I'm here. You know, that sounds to me as I'm saying the words to be sort of fairly neutral and to the point it will be appreciated because ultimately there'll be a lot of people that are focused on what they've got. Um, maybe sometimes it just takes for us to, to think about what others don't have and that, that I guess makes us good friends. This question from Joe: My mum is 67 and she's dying. Every day is a struggle. I feel I'm already grieving every day, but I'm worried how I'm going to cope when she's not here for me to focus all my energy on, like I am doing now. I feel guilty. I might even feel relieved. This life is cruel. Yeah, um, I've written about anticipatory um, grief, um, which I think is common, you know, in most cases when maybe someone's dying of dementia and uh, and Alzheimer's um, and you see the pain that your loved one is going through and how actually, you know, they become a, a, a shell, um, you know, and that the person that they were and that you knew has, has already departed yet physically there, they are still in front of you. And it's, it is a very cruel um, thing uh, to go through. Um, but look, how you're feeling is natural. Again, it's anticipatory grief. It doesn't naturally have to occur or start the day that that person is no, no longer with us. To my advice to anyone that still has the person they feel like at some point they're going to lose, then what, and, and actually, do you know, actually, this is perspective for any of us that have got anyone that we love is, you know, it sounds obvious, but, you know, everyone talks about making the most of your time, making memories. It's really important to make memories with people, isn't it? But when someone is um, imminently, as is the case here, you know, not no longer going to be with us, then get a box. And in that box, you're going to fill it with as many things that you know you'll be able to turn to on those dark days when you're feeling really, really upset. And you'll be able to, to smell that jumper or you'll be able to squirt a bit of that perfume on your wrist or you'll be able to look at that picture yeah, as a box full of, of, of anchors, really, that will take you to 
memories and emotions and feelings that you will be able to use in order to feel closeness and um, don't feel guilty for doing that is that these are ultimately the tools that you will use in order to um, navigate your your loss um, I remember someone telling me about the fact that their mum had gone and she was cuddling a, a, a cushion the whole time and obviously she's got that cushion and you know the fact that that cushion gave their their mum comfort in their in their dying days, um, but the fact that they can hold on to it whenever they feel the need to, um, you know, is is really quite important. I think in a nutshell, these things provide comfort, and uh, comfort is is um, a real valuable commodity um, after we've lost somebody, whether it's a, a physical thing or actually whether it's a, a, a memory, um, but also words. If there is something that is left unsaid, then don't regret that when that person is no longer there to hear it. Maybe there's something that you want to ask. Maybe there's there's something you, you want to hear yourself personally. You know, these conversations are, are again vital and we might feel like I'm not going to do it today because there'll, there'll be a tomorrow. We know at some point those tomorrows run out. So um, I'd say it's to get everything off your chest, um, say what needs to be said. Um, you know, give the person the opportunity to do that as well, whilst whilst that is physically uh, an option. Um, and this sounds like it's more for us than it is for the person that's dying. But in some respects, it's okay to it's okay to look at it like that. It's okay for us to get what we need. I know the person would want us to to do that. Would want us to experience as much comfort in their absence as possible. Uh, it's not selfish. That that doesn't come into the equation. This just is about pre-empting and pre-arming ourselves with as many tools and memories um and and just having the knowledge that we've said you know those those words or heard the words that we would really love to hear from that person so that you know we the people that are left are are able to navigate through our our experience of loss i really hope that some of you will have taken away something from the episode today it's that subject that people don't love talking about and there's a very good reason for it because it means that we've lost someone but it's such a vital subject as well i record this at the, the beginning of every sunday and talking about the subject has now made me feel emotional i've got two boys that you know are gonna really be missing their mum today um they miss her every day so my vulnerability in this moment right now is that I, as a parent of two kids that lost their mum, have got the responsibility on my shoulders of of guiding them through the day. But then, again, I remind myself that it's not it's not on me. Um, it's not on anyone, really. It's just it is what it is. It's uh, We're doing things that bring us a sense of satisfaction. Um, we will, again, grant ourselves that permission to sit down later on and feel like, you know, Hopefully, it's something that makes us feel closer, uh, but also something that, that that has allowed a bit of emotion out. You know, that would be my my goal. But I'm sitting here again, knowing that you know, for my kids to talk about their mum, for my kids to be emotional today is a good thing. However, it defies every fiber of my paternal instinct to want or even require my kids to 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 be emotional in any way. I can hear Bob. Bob's up. He's in the living room now. So, you know, I just want to go straight in and give him a big cuddle and 
a lot of parents who understand what I'm saying when I, when I say, like, I don't know where he's going to be at because kids, when they're younger, are really good at, they're really good at, at opening up and being honest. Whereas when they become teenagers, especially when they're 16 and 17, like mine, you know, they're, they're not actually great at sharing emotion at the best of times. But yeah, they might are brave. Let's, let's, let's see what we get from them. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what to expect and I can overthink it and I could probably make myself even more apprehensive. But we're going to give ourselves every opportunity to, to feel good about the day. Uh, feel good about what we've done um, because sharing emotion does does feel good. But um, I certainly won't be busying them, distracting them, um, and trying to make everything okay. Uh, what I'll be doing is just leaving them the, the space and the time to be able to share openly and honestly where they're at because that's what I need to know as a parent. I need to know where my kids are at, and, and today will give me the opportunity to find out where they are in relation to their loss. Uh, because they're never in the same place one week at a time, let alone one one month or year at a time. So you've all you've all navigated your Mother's Day. Um, I'm about to to head into mine, uh, but I hope yours went well, um, and I hope mine goes well and ours goes well as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Only Human. If you like what you've heard, there'll be new episodes every Tuesday from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Absolute Radio app, or wherever you get yours. And remember, please rate and review the show. You can also get in touch with your questions, concerns, or dilemmas by emailing me direct at jeff at onlyhumanpod.com. And as always, I love hearing from you.